I got the fever for the nook nook. So if you never seen a body like this, take a good look. Take a good look. Bet that ass will be hooked. Because I'm better than a good book. No one does it better. Salt and pepper. <laughs> Hey, hi, and hello. (laughs) I'm very mellow tonight. Uh, Hey, hi, and hello. Welcome to Creative Forever, the podcast dedicated to keeping you forever inspired, forever motivated, forever creative, and forever you. I am your host, Janet, a.k.a. JM, a.k.a. The Voice Inside Your Head, a.k.a. Your Biggest Fan. And together, we're going to get some creative shit done. All right, check it out. This week, Raising Dion show on Netflix. Season one, I binged it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Let me read the little synopsis here. A widowed mom sets out to solve the mystery surrounding her son's emerging superpowers while keeping his extraordinary gifts under wraps. It stars Alicia Wainwright, Josiah Young, Jason Ritter, and uh, the creators are Carol Barbie and uh, Jordan B. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is executive producer. It's a great show, and you know I'm always talking about superhero and sci-fi things. That's that's my jam. Um, but I really like this one because it's so steeped in reality that I kind of every episode was coming away like sweating a little bit because we are talking about a seven-year-old kid. He happens to be of color. And uh, he is sort of struggling with these superpowers in a very real way that just sort of made me sweat uh, sometimes. I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think you should check it out. If you care about superhero stuff or you're writing superhero stuff or whatever, you know, do the research. Um, Easy to watch the whole season, binge the whole season. I understand not everybody has Netflix, but um, borrow a password from a friend and check it out if, if, if you like superheroes with uh, a little bit of realism attached. So I wanted to talk about this on the show because it's something I'm going to do often and I want to just let everyone know where I'm coming from and give a little education or backstory to those of you that kind of have questions and, uh, you know, maybe don't want to ask or are afraid to ask. I'm just going to help you out right now. I am going to use the word queer a lot on this show. I use it a lot out in the real world. And I do so to refer to the queer community or myself. I identify as a lesbian, but I also identify as queer. So this is an okay word to use if you're using it in a neutral or positive way. It uh, used to be only used as a way to identify people that were not straight, but as a slur in the pejorative, you know, sense. It started out meaning strange, odd, or peculiar, but of course, I guess people decided that gay people were strange, odd, and peculiar, and then they started calling us queer. Anyways, the fact is it is still used as a weapon. It is still used as a way to show hate, to express hate. But in the 80s, There was a push to reclaim the word, and like I said, now it is widely used as a neutral or positive word in many LGBTQ spaces and in spaces where um, 
queer people have allies. So what does it mean now? The same thing, people that are not straight, but it covers everybody. It is an umbrella term. So not just gay and lesbian people, not just bisexual people, transgender people, pansexual, agender, demisexual, asexual, even bi curious. The word queer includes every single identity that exists outside of the 100% straight people. <laughs> and honestly, it is my opinion that straight people themselves can be queer minded. Now, I'm not saying you're queer. I'm, I, I don't need you to claim a word that isn't yours. Um, I don't want you to claim queer if you're not queer, to be honest. But queer mindedness can be a thing that straight people have, right? Um, if you have a deep understanding and respect for all the identities that exist outside of straight people, um, if you're an advocate for queer people, if you have any history with queer people, whether that be a relationship or a fling or whatever it is, straight people can be queer-minded too. The word queer is also political. Now, the reason for this is because of the history of the word, right? Anyone that uses that word or openly identifies as queer is making a statement that they are actively working to reclaim the word for the larger community it defines. So that means if you don't identify as queer, again, you can be queer-minded and you can be a part of the politics and revolution behind the word, right? So if you're comfortable, you can and should use it. In conversations, saying something as simple as the queer community instead of the gay community is a great way to not only express to others that you want to be part of this reclaiming, that you are an ally, but it's a thousand times more inclusive than saying gay. I know in the past gay has been used as the umbrella term, but it is not anymore, and uh, there's a push to move away from that. I think that's why we hear a lot of people saying LGBTQ+. So if you feel comfortable and uh, you want to try it out, you want to start referring to the queer community, things like that, I encourage you to do so. The last thing I want to remind everybody about is that if you decide to use this word, if you have been using this word, please remember that the ability to do so um, is very much dipped in privilege, okay? What I mean is there are a lot of people that are not privileged enough to use this word. They either live with and around people that still think of the word in a pejorative way and they're not able to use it because of safety reasons, or they themselves haven't gotten to this part of their LGBTQ journey yet, right? They may identify as gay or lesbian or something, but they don't have any further education about the many other identities that exist. So maybe we'll talk about this in another episode, but even people that identify as queer have to learn about gender identity, about sexual orientation, about inclusiveness, about intersectionality. And that kind of education thrives in communities of privilege, communities with resources to spread that kind of knowledge, and in communities that have living, breathing examples of all the types of people that exist in the queer community. It's no mistake that many people that identify as queer move to New York City, move to Atlanta, move to Los Angeles, these big cities where there are so many people, so much um, diversity that they are able to find and learn about people like themselves. So yeah, being able to walk around and use the word queer in an educated way that does not pose a safety risk to yourself or to others around you, that's privilege, and we should all remember that. 
So I identify as lesbian, but I also identify as queer. And I use whichever one, depending on what I'm talking about. If I'm talking about everyone, I usually say queer. If I'm talking about just lesbians, I'll say lesbians. <laughs> of course, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes so you can fall down the rabbit hole and learn something more about the word queer. There's so much information. Oh, and if I ever say anything about the Q4 community on the podcast, I'm talking about my Queer Forever or Q4 community, just like I talk about my Creative Forever or C4 community. So, um, yeah, shout out to all my C4 and Q4 C4 people. <laughs> what up? What are you doing? Hope you're listening. I guess you're listening if you're hearing this. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, there you have it. Queer is a word that includes everyone outside of the heterosexual norm. It can be used to identify your politics, whether you're queer or not. And I urge you to use the word instead of gay because it is more inclusive. Here's my little warning, right? Warning, warning. If you are uncomfortable, if you can't say it without sounding strange or choking, don't use it yet. You're just not ready. Start at home. Work out. Work, work from there, right? Work outward from there. Um, you just don't want anybody thinking you're using it in the old school pejorative way. And for goodness sake, don't whisper it. If you think you got to say it quietly, you're not ready. Um, it's not a secret word. It's not a scary word. It shouldn't be a scary word coming out of your mouth. Um, so, yeah, wait until you're ready, but then get out there and start referring to the queer community. Um, I would appreciate it, and I think some other people would appreciate it, too. All right. So there you have it. Um, the definition of queer. I hope it helps. If you have questions about anything that we discussed, please reach out. Hello at creativeforever.com or on Twitter or Instagram at creativeforever. That's creative, the number four, E-V-R. Now, I might sound a little different right now because... I'm on the road. Um, <laughs> that's right. I am recording on my travel setup, and my hope is that it doesn't sound too different once I edit everything together, but who knows? Different room, different mic, different sound. We're going with the flow. That's what this is all about. Now, I'm in San Francisco. I'm here for work. I'll be here for the week, and it is super, super gorgeous beautiful, sunny, way different than uh, New York City, but it's also so windy. <laughs> I cannot stress how windy it is. I uh, am able to walk to Trader Joe's um, from my hotel, but it was like walking through the movie Twister. I'm here right now talking to you because I have a few announcements. One Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everyone listening to the show so far. The feedback, the encouragement, the support is amazing. I am very, very lucky to have such a great community, such great friends, such great support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have listened and you are enjoying what you hear, please go onto your podcast app, whatever that is, and give me some stars. I want five stars, but I would like you to give me as many stars as you want to give me. All right, a show note reminder. So everything we talk about is in the show notes. The links to the other content or information, the tips, the suggestions, everything is there. So for many of you, this means you just scroll down when you're listening on your app, um, down past the icon, 
of this episode, and you should start seeing notes right there. You will see quick notes, and um, then you will see the full show notes. So I do both like a quick summary and the full summary. If you are listening on the website right below the player, all the notes, everything we say is right there. I do this so you can at any time reference what we're talking about, easily find the links, uh, take your own notes, things like that. So so please check out the show notes. Anything we discuss will be there. And um, yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally, I am the guest on another podcast this week. So the podcast That Aged Well, which is hosted by the very talented Paul and Erica, um, has had me on a few times. Last year, they invited me to help them review Disney's The Little Mermaid. And this year, I've done two more episodes with them. Last week, we did Disney's A Goofy Movie. Um, if you can't guess, I really enjoy Disney movies. And this week, today, right now, you should be able to find Double Jeopardy, the 1999 crime thriller starring Ashley Judd, Bruce Greenwood, and Tommy Lee Jones. I'm going to tell you right now, I love Double Jeopardy so much. I love that movie so much. One of the best movies I've ever seen. And I know you're thinking, why are you saying this? I'm saying this because it is my truth, and I need you to respect it. I love Ashley Judd. I love Double Jeopardy. Fantastic film. So please check all three of the episodes out on That Aged Well. Um, A Goofy Movie, The Little Mermaid, Double Jeopardy. And while you're at it, just subscribe to the That Aged Well podcast because Paul and Erica are amazing. I'm so lucky to know them and be able to collaborate with them. They are such great storytellers and creators and comedians. They are just so great. So um, check those episodes out. They are linked in the show notes. They are on the Creative Forever website. Or like I said, go and subscribe to their podcast, That Aged Well. All right, that's it for this week. Um, We've got a lot coming up in the next few months, okay? Our first book review is coming, and that will be the novel Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin O'Leary Sines. It is a coming-age novel about two Mexican-American teenagers growing up in El Paso, Texas. Link in the show notes if you want to know more about the book, if you want to buy the book on Amazon, or if you want to listen to the book on Audible. Because if you do, the narrator is Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's not to be missed. Really, really great book. And uh, he does a great uh, narration of the story. So check it out uh, if you want to get ready before the podcast episode comes out so that you already know what we're talking about. Or wait for the episode, listen to it, and then buy the book. Whatever floats your boat. We're also doing a show about whiskey soon, a show about patience, a show about audience, a show about a TV show. Um, So much stuff. Very excited about what's to come. Hope you have a great week. I am going to have a windy week, and I will see you next week uh, back in Brooklyn. All right. Until then, don't forget to be creative this week, even if you just think about it. Talk to you later.